Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 266. If you confuse, you lose. And so there's a lot that goes into how are you even telling people that you're available for them? And how are you telling people that you can show up for them and help them? Attention, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue. And since I say it every show, you know how happy I am that you're joining me here today. This is episode two in our four-part series on business owners who have gotten creative to manage through these crazy current times. I'm so inspired by the ownership and control of your destiny that so many of you are exhibiting. And the solutions that are being devised are genius. It's also exciting to know that some of these new concepts are working so well that they'll be incorporated into the plan long term. My goal with these four episodes is to spark ideas for you. If you're just starting out in your business, there are ways to attract customers or provide creative services that you may not have considered yet. And if you're an established business, these examples may trigger another idea to use now or in the future. And speaking of established businesses, I've heard from a number of you asking how to get into Makers MBA. This program is created to take a brand new business dreamer from concept to profitable business in a proven step-by-step manner. But I'm hearing you because the truth is, even when you have a business up and running, things can get messy and important foundational elements like websites and email marketing and all the things can be forgotten or never set up in the first place because you're busy. And interestingly, we have many people who have gone through Makers MBA and were already in business, but wanted to join just for that reason. They're ready to clean up and strengthen the business and for the continual growth and support opportunities that the program offers. So I've created a new option for my established business listeners who have had the business running for two years or more. If that's you and you want to know more, please head over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash makers MBA. There you'll see a link for established businesses and you can go from there. Let's move on now to today's show. We're going to hear from Sarah, a photographer who's watched her photo shoot schedule receive cancellation, after cancellation, after cancellation. Can you just feel that sinking feeling in your gut right now that Sarah must have experienced? But fear not, you're about to hear how she re-engineered her business for the short term and how it will serve her so well in the future. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Sarah Hogue of Sarah Hogue Photography. Sarah's been a photographer for over 13 years. She specializes in personal branding imagery and helps businesses get personal by showing who they are, what they do, and why they do it through powerful imagery. She believes that good businesses educate their clients and should illustrate that message through images as well. 
She offers photography branding packages and one-minute brand story videos to clients. Sarah lives in Litchfield Park, Arizona, and frequently travels to the San Francisco Bay Area, Southern California, and Chicago for shoots. Sarah, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited that you were willing to come on the show. And before we even get started, any of you Gift Biz listeners who have been over to my website before and seen the wonderful video that's front and center when you go onto that page, that is a demonstration of Sarah's fabulous work. Got to tease everybody. Now you see what I did? They're going to have to yeah. go over to the site. They're going to go to yours. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So Sarah, I have a traditional question as we start off each show, and that is I'd like you to describe yourself by way of a motivational candle. So if you were to imagine a candle by color and some type of a quote or saying that really speaks to you, what would your candle look like? I love this question. I really thought about it. And now I really want the candle. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I like that. (laughs) Like, so anybody out there listening that makes candles, hit me up. Send one over. (laughs) So emerald green. I love green. It's just like a happy color for me. It's my birthstone as well. And then I was thinking like, what is my very favorite smell? And it's that I live in the desert and it's that smell of rain or when it's about to rain. That's actually, it's called, I think, a creosote bush, and it gets wet. Whenever it gets wet or it's even about to rain, it emits that smell. So it's that desert rain smell. And then I was even thinking, I love adventure, but my quote was, adventure is in you. So it's not out there or somewhere else. It's really inside of you. So those are my three. I was thinking of the movie Adventures Out There and just always on an adventure. But I think the greatest adventure is really within you and trying self-discovery and finding out that you have everything you need. I love that because as a small business owner, if you feel like you have the power, it's in you, you just have to tap in and access it. That feels like you're so much more able to pursue and actually fulfill your dreams than if you're counting on someone else to be able to provide to you what you need. So I like that it's in you, you just have to tap in versus having to reach out for someone else's help. Absolutely. I think I was stuck for a lot of years on always thinking that somebody else had the answer. And then you realize as you get older, no, they just have an answer. (laughs) Somebody else has another answer. Right. And that doesn't mean that you don't have people help you and ask for guidance. It just means you have to be the one to initiate that. Absolutely. Okay. So Sarah, I mentioned in the beginning that you did my one minute video and It was amazing how, because I'm not going to go through the whole thing of how it happened, (laughs) but I was in Arizona for an event. I had been wanting to do a video. I talked with Abby Herman, who's been on the podcast already. Who did she use for her video? She said it was you, ends up you were going to be at the same event I was. And so I like cornered you and I'm like, okay, Sarah, at this event, could we video everything, all the footage we need? And I think you looked at me like I was insane. No, no, I love it. And I was doing a lot. I was teaching that weekend as well. And I was doing some headshots as well as capturing a little bit of video and whatnot. But I'm all about just get it done. Just do it all while we're here. Trying to piece together everything is so hard. So being able to get some shots and being able to get some video and do it all. Yeah, well, it worked out beautifully. And luckily, I always pretty much dress in my brand colors. 
So that ended up working out well. But what you did with very little planning came out beautifully. So can I already hire you if the show happens next Arizona time? Absolutely. (laughs) Can I book you like right now on the podcast? I'm serious. You think I'm joking. I'm serious. I would love to. Okay, done. I love it. Done. I don't know how that came up. That was not planned, but we're doing it. I'm serious. (laughs) Okay, so photography. Tell me how this all happened. How did you get started? So my dad was an amateur photographer. It's a long story, but I can talk fast is what I say. (laughs) That's okay. My dad was an amateur photographer. And so he was always teaching us, kind of messing around. When we would get film developed, he would go through every photo with us painstakingly and talk about what was working or not working in that photo and what was trash, (laughs) essentially. He didn't have a light room at home or dark room at home, but he would definitely send away for the film and we get it back. We had to sit there because it was money. Every role and every time you developed it, it was expensive. It's not like digital where you can just delete. Right. And remember, you never knew if a shot was taken well or not until you had to wait all that time to find out. Right. So he ended up buying one of the first digital DSLR cameras in like 2002, 2003. And then 2004, I was getting married and he passed away right before we got married. And then I ended up moving like it was sudden, but it was a wild time. And then a year went by and no one had done anything with my dad's camera. I moved to the Bay Area with my husband. I asked my mom, can I have dad's camera? Nobody's using it. She said, fine. So I ended up taking photos and I was working in a church at the time. And it was just a big community of people. And they started asking, can you take photos of my baby? Can you take photos of this? Can you? Oh, you have a nice camera. It really just started with people saying, oh, you have a nice camera. And that happens a lot to photographers, you know, or you see somebody at a wedding, oh, you have a nice camera. That must mean you take good photos. And that was your dad's uh, camera. Yeah, it was my dad's camera. Yeah. How beautiful is that? Yeah. So I often say I became a photographer by accident. It wasn't intentional. I got my BA in education. It wasn't on my radar whatsoever. And so I just started taking photos. And then I ended up getting pregnant with my first child and stopping working for a little while. And that actually was the catalyst for me really going ahead and taking all of these offers that people were saying and saying, okay, I have to charge. But it was such a stumbling mess of starting a business. It was like, no, no, I'm not qualified. I can't do this because I don't have a degree or I don't know what to do. And YouTube was just getting popular. And so I was teaching myself with YouTube and with some books and learning software and things like that. But I mean, I was like getting pulled into it because people kept asking, kept asking. And so I had to start figuring out what to charge. However, I have always been pretty entrepreneurial. I've had a lot of different jobs. I've done a lot of different things for money where taught swim lessons and things on the side. So that was always in me. But starting a business was just very unintentional. So fast forward 10 years in the Bay Area, ended up being wedding photographer, doing a lot of different things. And then my husband ends up losing a job and we decide to parachute into Phoenix, Arizona, just not knowing anyone, not having a job, not (laughs) knowing anything, not even where we wanted to live. It was just our big, like, we are ready to get out of California. We want to be able to afford a home. And so we just did a big leap. And so what was the attraction of Phoenix? My husband just had it on his heart. He had just kind of woken up like, this is where, and we went for it. Wow, that's brave. 
I, I didn't even question it very much. When you look back, there was other big leaps of faith or big catalysts of things that we just did. But at that point, he had had some severance. So we had a buffer. Mm-hmm. And we just thought, like, we want to plant roots somewhere. And we weren't in the market for a million-dollar home with where we were living. So we ended up in Litchfield Park, Arizona, cutest little community, historical community. And I just had to look at everything. What do I do? Do I restart my business? Do I go get a nine to five? Do I go back on what I have my BA in? I have three little kids at this point. My youngest had just gone into kindergarten. And so I was like, man, I really stink at marketing and branding. What do I need to do? So I started reading and educating myself and thinking like, I got to get really good at marketing. And meanwhile, you know, I was just having a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of doubt and self analyzing. Am I good enough? Looking at the other photographers that are out here. Wow, they're really amazing. Comparing and getting stuck in, I don't even know anybody. I had my community around me before to support me and continue to pump me up and to refer me. They were my system. As most businesses are, they are your referral system. And then when that's gone, how do you tell somebody, just go start? Right. Just go do it. <laughs> <laughs> you really had to believe in that adventure is within you quote. Yes. yes. <laughs> that point. That's so true. I didn't even connect that. <laughs> so I ended up falling in love with it and with marketing and branding. And there's a resource called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. It's a book. It's a podcast. And the beautiful thing with that, it's a framework for businesses. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it at all, Sue. Yeah, I've actually heard him speak in person. Yeah, love him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really great and really simplistic. That was one of the biggest catalysts for me to actually change my business from being... So let me back up just a little bit. I ended up making a lot of friends here with other photographers, other female entrepreneurs and businesses, because we would just talk about all of these things. Like, how do I market? How do I do this? Okay, how did you make the friends? This will be important for people who aren't feeling like they're connected within any community that could serve them on a business angle. What did you do to come in contact with these people to become friends? So I looked at events on Facebook that were coming up in my area. I looked at Eventbrite, had a bunch of different events. I went to networking events. I went to women's luncheons. I went to just moms connecting things. Okay, as somebody who didn't know anybody, you just did it. Absolutely. And I made a goal for myself that I went to at least one thing a month, just one a month. So it didn't even have to be, it, it sounds like I was just everywhere, but it was just once a month. And it was like a one to two hour of it. And then I really networked with a lot of photographers. So there was another group called Tuesdays Together, and it's for a creative community. So a lot of your listeners, it would be perfect for. It's by the Rising Tide Society, and Tuesdays Together is for creative entrepreneurs that get together. They have the curriculum done, and they have usually a leader, and usually it doesn't even cost anything. It's just free. And so there's a lot of florists, there's a lot of photographers, there's a lot of event planners in those spaces. And then a lot of the photographers were the ones that were referring me business, things that they couldn't do. That was my biggest source uh, right away was photographers. And then I started to look for photographers in my area and ask them for coffee. I would search Instagram's hashtags for my city or things that I was looking for and find other people and ask them for coffee. So a lot of one-on-ones, I would try and do at least one a month. And that adds up, Sue. It adds up so much. 
it's funny because I've lived here for four years now and people are like, you know, everyone. And (laughs) what's also funny is I don't think I know that I guess I am outgoing, but I'm not like somebody who has to be around people all the time. I'm perfectly content at home. So getting out was a struggle for me at times. Other times it was life giving, but you just kind of have to do it. If you are going to own a business, you better go out and meet people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say you're friendly and approachable. You're easy to talk to. I can see completely how this would happen. But what I find really interesting is a lot of people would say, well, why would you go to other photographers if you're getting into photography? Because didn't they see you then as a competitor? And I don't think they would think of taking that approach. Yeah. And you know, I really recommend this to anybody is find other people in your same industry and befriend them. As you know, with gift business, you have tons of friends who are in the gift business. You just do better in community with people who have like struggles. And when you're there to support and the more you get to know these people, the more your imposter syndrome or your thoughts that all the other people have the right answers or they have it figured out, they start to go away. They start to diminish because you realize these are just other people. They have a lot of the same struggles. You tell them one thing that is just like brilliant to them and they tell you one thing that's brilliant to you. Like, why have I been doing it this way? So true. Honestly, if you buy into the fact that there's enough business out there for everybody and you're not having to hoard like, well, if they got a job, then that's one less job you have available. I don't buy into that kind of thinking. And it sounds like, and I'm guessing with photography, you wouldn't either because how many weddings can you do in a weekend? You know, like at some point you have overflow, you can't take everything. Absolutely. And this is the thing. It's like, okay, so when I started out and I was doing it, there wasn't a ton of photographers. And then with the digital boom, there's now hundreds of thousands of photographers and everybody knows somebody who's a photographer. But actually, that's okay, because now getting your photos, your family photos professionally done, or your business photos professionally done, that is more widespread common. So that means more people now, you're not convincing people they need it, they know they need it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So just because there's more doesn't mean that there's less business. It means that more people are requiring it or demanding it or needing it. That's a very good point. Yeah. So it just stops the lack mentality. There is abundance for everyone and there's not the right fit for everyone. And that is a big, big part of the story as well is just really delving into who am I? What do I have to offer? Stop comparing. What is it that I can offer somebody and really seeing the camera as a tool in my hand and not my identity? Like, because I could get stuck on, I'm only worth how quality a photo I could take. And that wasn't true because believe it or not, everyone that has a business, they say, this is from Donald Miller, the highest paid businesses are not necessarily the best quality. They're the clearest. They're the ones that could communicate well and they can tell you what they have to offer and they can make the system or the process easy. So those are the, tends to be the most successful. And are out with connections like you're talking about. Absolutely. And yeah. making the customer journey comfortable. Like it was so easy and fun to do photo shoot, the one we've done so far together. So there's a lot of other things that go into it over and above just the final result, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah. So their motto is if you confuse, you lose. And so there's a lot that goes into how are you even telling people that you're available for them? And how are you telling people that you can show up for them and help them? So it ended up transitioning my business into a B2B business lifestyle photography 
and brand photography for businesses. And it was just like a light bulb that went off. This is the conversations I love to have. These are the people I love to work with. These are my girlfriends. These are the people that I see them struggle and I know I can help them communicate what they're doing. And so it was just this huge aha for me to say like, I just want to work with these people. These are my friends. And understanding that people are showing up more on social media, they have Instagram and Facebook, but they're showing their inside lives. People want to see the behind the scenes, but they also want to see the professional, professionalism that things that go into your craft and how you're doing what you're doing. One time I was walking down the craft fair by my house, walking up and down, and I saw these knives that were for sale and they were $400 for this little knife. And I was like, oh my gosh, look at that price tag. And the bigger one was a thousand and something like they were all displayed out. And I just thought, goodness, I can't imagine ever buying a thousand dollar knife or a $400 knife. Of course, I'm not a hunter either, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I looked up at the back of the booth and the man had these beautiful photos up on the back of the process of these knives from creating them to putting the handles on and it showed him in the photos and I just went that is what I want to do I want to show the behind the scenes I want people to see because now the value of that knife just went up when we can see when we're involved in people's processes when we understand what does it look like to work with you I mean we have so many coaches out there now but people want the help but they don't know what that looks like. And so if that's where it goes back to in my bio, when I said good business is educated as a business owner, you should be continuously educating. And that's why we have Abby in common as well as she's a content creator. If you are continually looking at what is the content? What are you serving your audience with? What are you helping them with? Then you can show them what it looks like to mentally move in and work with you. Yes. Those are the kinds of photos that you should be looking to capture in your business because you should be showing people what goes into the process. They love to see, you know, if you have a pretty gift basket, cool. But like what went through the process, the ribbon machine that we've talked about, that custom, those touches, those little things, all the things that are behind the scenes that gives people the value of why they should buy your product or service. Agreed. Totally. And I think just as we were talking before, you were making the comment that you don't have to convince people now that they need photographers for weddings or special events. Mm -hmm. I think the same thing now is happening where people are really understanding that the behind the scenes is becoming more and more valuable. And a lot of people are doing it now, Facebook Lives, right? All of that very casual behind the scene. Here's what I'm doing today. And they're showing inside their workshop. But there's also the value to what you're doing, which is more upscale professional video. And those have certain places where they are best used also. You're just talking about a booth at a show. Having a nice loop of a video, a professionally done video in your booth could be a great idea. I have one on my website now in other areas too. And I love the fact that you've gravitated to small business to business. Yes. And sharing the owner's story. I don't know if it's all just small business or you have some big brands too, but I love the niche you're in because most photographers, I'm not going to say don't get it yet, but they don't understand some of the specific scenes or visuals that are needed. And you obviously do because when we were talking, you're like, okay, Sue, I want you standing there and I want you walking to me. And you already knew exactly what you were going to use that for. I had no clue. All I knew was (laughs) I was supposed to walk. 
Well, you know, a part of it's just kind of capturing some of those shots about you and just seeing you. But some of that's just listening to the person of like, what do you talk about? And what do you do? And you'd be surprised at how many people can't communicate that very well. So a lot of times after people are done working with me, they're like, say you're a photographer, but really you're like marketer. You help with this exercise and clarity. And that's going back to story brand is if you confuse, you lose. You've got to get clear. And when I call the one minute story brand video or your story video, it's not your story. It's the story of the client's process of working with you. What does it look from start to finish of what their problems are to what the process you take them through to how they're going to feel at the end of the rainbow, that aspirational identity. And so good businesses are the guide to the hero who is the client and you're taking them through that process. And so what does it look like? And then they feel like, oh, I'm so glad I worked with Sue because now I've got these problems answered. Because again, every good business solves a problem. You just demonstrated everything right there, Sarah. <laughs> How much you know? That was beautiful. Absolutely fabulous. Thank you. It's really fun because you get to, when I talk to people who have a great idea, is really just even introduce these thoughts to them. I know you have questions generally about resource. I can't scream enough about building a story brand because what's so nice is that you no longer feel salesy or schmarmy or cheesy or any of those things. And I can directly go up to somebody and say, I can help you. And I know how I can help you because I can see the process of how their client works with them. And I can see when they're missing it too, when they're missing telling people about that. So that's a big key piece. And so I'm unapologetic about going after certain people that I know I can help because I really believe the value that I'm giving them when we even just talk about those illustrative pieces. It's like, you know what you should do. And a lot of times I'll just give those ideas away for free. If they come back to me and they want to book with me, great. But I'm happy to just have those again, those conversations and those happen around a lot of business owners. So I just enjoy it. Enjoy the conversations and all of it. Well, I can hear it in your voice. (laughs) You found your niche for sure, without question. I can hear the passion and I've seen it demonstrated already. So now, dun, 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 (laughs) March 2020 happens. And we're still in the middle of this as we are talking right now. We're not over it. It's not behind us yet. But what has this done to your business? We're going to hear Sarah's answer to this question, as well as her creative approach to pivoting, right after a word from our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How, you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. Well, I did have a lot of cancellations. I even had people ask for some money back 
I have deposit that's non-refundable, but I also have a lot of times people that just pay in full before we've even done their shoot. So I had to refund. And I had in the beginning a little bit of a freak out moment <laughs> because my income is really important to our family. And so I just told myself to just chill out and believe that the next best thing was coming the next day. And sure enough, I got a great person call me up. I just kind of kept things rolling. And then I also saw that there were photographers offering front porch sessions. These are like five minute, go out in front of people's house just as they are, come outside, take a photo. I saw some people charging for them and I saw other people giving them away for free. Were you seeing it online or through your networks or where were you seeing it? Yeah, Instagram mainly. Oh, okay. The other photographers that I follow. And so I don't even know who it originated with. I debated back and forth whether I wanted to do it. And then I just put it out there that I was going to do Litchfield Park where I live in Goodyear, which is the city next to me. And I had an overwhelming response of people that wanted to do it. So let me back this up. Okay, so you are then taking photos of families. They're coming out of their house onto the front porch in whatever manner they are with who, whatever combination of the family is there, right? Because we're all cocooning in all crazy places. Right. <laughs> And then you're taking photos to document. In a way, this is really cool because think of it, like 100 years from now, this is going to be in the history books, this pandemic, right? Oh, yes. So this is something to document for sure. I mean, clearly we'll enjoy the pictures way before that too. Yeah, absolutely. I see this as such an interesting thing to be doing. All right. So how, so you said you put it out into your community, Facebook, emails, so yeah, I created Facebook and Instagram is really where my people are at that follow me. And I put on a Google form so that they could put their information. And what's nice is it just goes into a spreadsheet. So I would group whose homes were close to each other. And then I would text them. Would they book right there at that time? So basically, I chose not to charge. And I did decide I'm going to put it out there what I have, like I have Zelle and Venmo and PayPal. And if somebody wants to go ahead and support my business, and I was trying to be careful about saying donate because I'm not a nonprofit. Good point. Because some photographers were donating to other businesses. And I was like, well, some photographers, it's not a full-time job for them. For me, it really is. It's a full-time, full-time job. And so I just said, you know what, I'm not going to charge because at this point, people's jobs and everything that's going on, they may or may not be able to afford it. And I think it was the best thing I did because I've had the gamut of donation. But I mean, I spent two hours the first night, two hours the next night. And like two days later, I had over $1,500 in donations. That's incredible. People were just overly generous. It was like way more than I would have charged and so I'm continuing to do them. There have been people that haven't donated. I'm absolutely fine with it. I knew it was just going to be a wash. But what has been really, really cool is it's like I have that circle of community of the people that I know. They're the ones sharing this information. And then I get to meet their friends and family and their friends and family. So my circle just rippled out larger. Right. So a lot of the people that you're doing the porch sessions with aren't people who have already been clients with you before. Right. I would say that 35% are, and then the rest are all new that I haven't met. So now I do family and business. I don't do weddings any longer unless they're existing clients. And because I just want them to know me, if they're asking for me by name, then I'll go ahead and do the wedding. But I'm not showcasing weddings any longer or anything on my site. But so you do like when people want a nice posed picture for like a holiday card or... Yes, I do family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is new baby something you yep. do? 
just not the big events. All within the umbrella of lifestyle photography, meaning just true to life. And so the baby isn't, I'm not like superposing the baby or doing studio like photos. I'm just staying in that, documenting them at home. Because that's a big thing is managing expectations of what does that look like? And as you can see with the gamut of photographers, we're not the same. And so I really make sure that I ask the right questions to be clear. Like, do you want this kind? Because I have a photographer for you. I have a photographer that I can refer you to with like every different type and every different style. Right. And I love to refer. So that is another big shift that happens as well when you are not stuck in comparison any longer. For sure. Okay, wait, I have some questions now. I just love this porch session (laughs) strategy so much. And I know it wasn't a strategy you created. It just kind of started to happen. You saw it and now you're developing from there. So you have all these people now that have never interacted with you before and now have had a wonderful experience. And you have their email because that's how you deliver their photography when it's done, right? So now you have all these new people on your list. (laughs) And so what are you going to do? Because I know you're not pushy. Whatever marketing books you used served you really well because you're just very comfortable in your approach. So what is your plan with this moving forward? So I've probably done over 60 of them at this point. Didn't you tell me you have a waiting list still? I do have a wait list, but I basically created the wait list for, and that's through a Google form as well. Highly recommend doing anything like that. Whenever you create a form, it will go ahead and naturally go to a spreadsheet and you can organize that sheet, the Google sheet, however you want. And so I start grouping them and color coding them by, I have an assistant, so it's not all me, who will color code them by zip codes. And so then once I get enough in that one area, I'll text all of them and say, I'm going to head to you at this time. And so it just goes pretty smoothly. But it's been so fun to like, I have people jumping, I have like kids jumping in their pool with their PJs. I have people with their like off road vehicle that are coming out, everyone in their beach cruiser that wants to just kind of go down the street, because it's not just on their front porch. Some people are like, I don't even have a front porch. We've gone in the backyard, we've gone out in the street, we've gone to a favorite place. And they've just been super fun. And so it has been a great way of connecting. But I think that Well, I tell people at the end that I do family and I do businesses and that the reason I even made my tagline making business personal is because I just believe your business is personal. I love to work with heart-based businesses, people who care about what they do and they do it for their families and their dreams. And so that's all very personal. And that's what's so tough about what's going on right now and the push pull that people are having with with businesses and saying it's just money and it'll be fine for some people this is their dreams oh it's incredibly personal yes and if people think it's just money it's like no 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 it's much much more than that for people whose businesses are suffering but yeah i'm going to be emailing them reach out to them i'm going to actually be sending them cards the send out cards with their photos on them to just tell them how much i appreciated this experience. It's been fantastic to just get to know all these people and they have businesses. And that's the thing. All these are families, but they also a lot of them have businesses. That's right. And it sounds like it's been a great experience and fun for you too, because you never know what they're going to have you photographing. Absolutely. (laughs) It's been an adventure. And the other really neat thing is that I've been taking I have three kids and I've been taking one of them. So each one of them have come with me more than two occasions and learning with my other camera how to shoot. So I've been teaching them. So it's been really like a family experience, especially because we're all homeschooling. 
And with having a second shooter, I've been, you know, telling the kids like go over, stand here and get that side view of the family. So these families are also getting these different angles of the photographs and the kids are just loving it. And I'm paying them 20 bucks each time they come out with me. So they're fighting over who gets to come. But what a learning for them too. Absolutely. And this is a big thing. This is where it kind of goes full circle is everybody is asking my kids, whichever child's with me, and it's totally fine. Are you going to be a photographer like mom? And they're kind of nodding and yeah, you're going to be a photographer. For me, going through everything I've gone through with my identity, what I tell them when we get in the car and what we've talked about is that the camera is a tool in your hand. You can be whatever you want to be and still be a great photographer. Or if you want to do this and take photos or this or this, it is not your identity. You can just enjoy having that tool and that skill. I love it. And yeah, I mean, photos, I am not a good photographer. Thank God my husband loves to take pictures because I just want to always be in the moment, which is why Instagram is so challenging for me. (laughs) Because I always feel, oh, I should have taken a picture of that. (laughs) Not good at that. But I think, you know, whether it's to start some type of a business down the road or any type of business, because they're absolutely seeing what's behind the scenes with you, especially, you know, when mom leaves, what is she doing? Now they know. Right. It's so cute to hear them. Like, I mean, it's a front porch session, but I heard my son talking to his friend. He's like, yeah, I just did a headshot session with my mom. So. Oh, so cute. I got paid for that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It is. But it's fun to see that they have confidence from something. For sure. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't really a headshot session, but cool. (laughs) Close enough for now, right? (laughs) But I love that the vocabulary is in there somewhere that they've overheard. And then when they hear me working with people, they're starting to pick up the language. I think the big overarching lesson here and the reason I wanted to have you on is I still feel that a lot of people are using this time and saying, I can't do anything. And there are some people who are thinking and trying to be creative and trying all these different types of things to figure out how they can do something during this time. And granted, there are some people who aren't going to be able to make an income or tweak what they have available Mm -hmm. in one way or another. But a lot of people can. And I mean, I think this is a great idea to look online and see what other people are doing in your industry, because you might not do exactly what they're doing, but it might spark another idea. Absolutely. Like, for instance, in the gift business, doing the gifting for medical workers. I mean, even like gifting for teachers, we just had teacher appreciation. There's so many things and you can just look at what your fellow colleagues are doing, tweak it, do it differently for your community. And yeah, absolutely. And it isn't always money. I mean, look at what you're doing. You're still taking your core capability, right, which is the photography and doing something to make people feel good too. There is not a question that that's going to come back to you. Oh, thank you so much. But it has been life giving for me. It's been so fun. Like even there's days, you know, where I go, oh my gosh, I've got six of these. I don't really want to go right now. And the minute you just walk out the door and you get to the first person, everybody's smiling and you're bringing that energy. I just feel my ferret lift. You just feel happy. And it's, I mean, we're supposed to be in community with each other. So this is why it's also been so tough is not seeing people and people, Sue, you would have no idea how many people have told me they were going to shower. (laughs) They were so excited they were going to shower. (laughs) For the first time in a week. (laughs) Oh, Sarah, you're coming. I'm going to shower, you know, or I'll do my hair. (laughs) Or it's a five minute session. And so after it's over, they go, so now what? Where do we go? (laughs) I'm all all dialed up now. Where are we going? We walk back in the house. But like I said, some people are wearing PJs. Some people are barefoot. And it's just 
really nice to be able to see you and, and smile, even if it's six feet, 10 feet away. Yeah. And there's a lot of photographers. So I had a lot that said we had photos scheduled and that was canceled for maternity and babies and things like that, that all got canceled due to this. It just depends on people's comfort level, what they are okay with. I had other photographer reach out to me saying, don't do it. Other photographers are really being shamed for doing this. I mean, you're always going to take a risk and have to make hard decisions for yourself and your business and how you want to do things. But I've been careful to keep my space and be respectful of everyone. And it's their choice whether they want to do it with you or not, too. Absolutely. I don't think that anything any of us do, I mean, I think that's just the world we live in. No matter what we do, there are going to be people who have something to say differently. Absolutely. It just is. And then if you didn't do it, they'd say, why didn't you do it? Like, you, you're not going to win. Right? And you're not, yeah, you cannot please them all. And right. that is the reality of like, I'm here to serve the clients that do want me to do this and stay within the guidelines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I so appreciate your sharing what you've done. And I hope that we've been able to spark some ideas or creativity or just a different angle for some of the people who are listening here. As we move out of this, because we will, <laughs> at yes. some point, this will be over, what guidance or advice would you give to someone who's a small business owner? I'm even going to go as far as they've done, you know, they've got some professional headshots done because they've listened and they know that needs to happen. Maybe they have a couple of photos of their shop or their products, but that's all they have. Where would you take someone like that next? So I would really, some of the questions that I ask on my questionnaire is, what does the day look like for you? Kind of think about your day in the life of your business. What is the process? And then I also say, what do you do that people don't know you do? Oh, that's a good one. So it's like, if there's a part of the process of your service, especially service-based businesses, they're not necessarily product-based, or there's a service along with your product or how it gets to them or how is something's created, maybe a part of what people don't realize. So the process, something in the middle of a process. Yeah, or even or like where you say your product's made in USA and like you want people to know that most people don't know that. Those are all great things to talk about. So you should be talking to your audience ongoing. And the best way to do that is to show the photo of it. So also brand photography is kind of keeping things in the same look and feel. So the emotion that goes around your business, what do you want people to think and feel when they think about your brand is another piece. Like, do you want, because I was able to teach the groups at the National Gift Basket Convention, you know, I was saying like, just taking gift baskets, for example, you could be a brand that is all about celebration. You could be a brand that's all about appreciation. You could be a brand that's all about love. They're all very different. They seem like they're in the same place, but they're very different. And so you have to delve deeper into those emotional things to be able to continue to communicate what your brand is and showing all of those steps and all of those processes with that overarching theme of appreciation. We appreciate these people, firefighters, teachers, healthcare workers. That can be what your whole business is built around. And so you got to keep showing it. That's one of the best ways. Yeah. And I guess I would extend that to say that if you can't define it, if you're going to have pictures done, your photographer doesn't know where to go with it. Absolutely. And that's where a lot of times people aren't necessarily ready for that. You're looking mm -hmm. for people who are and those who aren't. There's other people who aren't, but 
delve into that question, those questions, and ask yourself those answers. And again, StoryBrand is a great resource for that because they will ask you those questions in the book or anything you listen to. And there's some free resources online. And then talk to your friends, talk to other people. What do you see about my business? Or what do you think that we represent? But you, that's the work that you have to, you absolutely have to do if you want to grow and be clear. Got it. And then where do you feel like the video that we did together? Where does that fit? Should everybody have them, best case scenario? And where does that fit? So I think everyone, best case scenario, should have it because it is just start to finish kind of the overarching story of your brand. And again, it's that client's journey through it. So if you kind of listen to it, you'll hear in the beginning, starting with those problems that people are having because it helped script it with Abby. It's grabbing the people who have identified with those problems and being able to go through that journey. And so for me, that is like the best because we're visual people. And if you land on a website and there's just tons and tons of words, you are not going to pay attention. You're also not going to pay attention with like my story. I started photography 13 years ago when I got my dad's camera. People don't want to hear that story unless it's in the context of what I got to on the other side, because if they can identify in that, but if you start your website with some big story like that, they are not going to pay attention. They're going to pay attention to you identifying with their problems and you being able to help them. And so the more you can keep doing that, the better. I agree with you totally. And good demonstration to this. I, again, would send people over to look at the video on my page. Abby Herman, her page, right? Right Solutions. Anyone, do you have one on your page, I'm guessing? Or some examples over there? Yeah, I have lots of examples of videos on Oh, perfect. So mm-hmm. just, yeah, so just go over, give his listeners, you know that there's a show notes page with all of Sarah's links. So you can go over and see this demonstrated in several different ways, just to get a feel for what we're talking about. Absolutely. I actually really got the itch to do one of these when I saw Abby's. I'd started seeing them in certain places and I'm like, but who does that? Because I didn't know a lot of photographers in my area who do it or you'll love this, Sarah. They weren't telling anybody they were doing it. Right. (laughs) Right. Because if you don't tell people, they don't know. Absolutely. And that was another big thing with this pandemic and everything going on is I made a post that said open for business. And I did that before the even the front porch sessions. And I said, look, I can stand six feet away, I can be within this, these are the types of things that I can still do. That was prior to it. And I think sometimes that's just also the big key that you can tell people how you're operating, like post about it, tell people, hey, guys, I'm doing this right now. Because what happened, I think, to a lot of people is we all just kind of hunker down, like everything stopped. You know, everything stops. So tell people you're still going and tell people how you're still going and what you're doing. And however you keep going, just keep telling people. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. This has been wonderful, Sarah. I just I love everything you've talked about. First of all, I didn't know your whole story. So that was so interesting to hear how you're integrating your family into this now so that they're really understanding what mommy's doing and playing a role is so awesome. You know, I love the porch sessions. I wish you were here. I know you don't, (laughs) though, because it was still snowing last month. (laughs) You only come to Chicago in the summer, right? (laughs) I usually come in June and to Highland Park specifically and then Chicago area. Not this year. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, not this year. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll be coming to you. Yeah, but thank you so much, Sue. So appreciate you and, and what you're doing for businesses as well. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Take care, Sarah. Thank you. Bye. I want you to do something now that you've listened to this episode. Think about how you tell your business story. 
Are you doing it through the experience of the customer? Is it clear and concise? Remember what Sarah says, if you confuse, you lose. If necessary, make some adjustments not only in your spoken message, but also on your about page. This is well worth the thought and time to get it right. Next week, we're going to hear from someone who is no stranger to natural disasters. Living in California with a firefighter husband and experienced many a time when daily routine has been interrupted and plans needed to change on the fly. But even so, this pandemic stretched her business survival instincts to a new level. You're going to walk away with so many new ideas for now and for the future. That's on tap first thing next Monday morning. Remember, if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll have it ready and waiting for you. Oh, and one more thing for today. If you're feeling a little bit generous and have a second, could I ask a favor? It would mean the world to me if you would rate and review this show. Just go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash gift biz unwrapped and leave a comment. Maybe tell me why you listen or something that you've learned recently. With that, this show is all wrapped up. I'll see you next Monday. Be safe and be well. Bye for now. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making my favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.